welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) Welcome to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. I am Paulette Stout here in the studio for Louisa Barton, who is out healing. Thank you to Larson Hay our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's Finest Alfalfa. I have a special guest tonight on the phone, which I'm so happy that he agreed to do this interview because it's quite interesting, and it's an amazing journey, Mark Allen. Um, He was a part owner of EasyJet, who's a famous quarter horse um, racehorse, and also the owner of Mind That Bird, who won the, ni- the 2009 Kentucky Derby, and it was an amazing race, and it just shocked the world. It was one of the most amazing races that I can, um, that I can remember. So Mark Allen, thank you for, um, for this interview. I'm so excited to be able to talk to you. In fact, the last time I talked to you, I think it was 1990. <laughs> so it was well, a while back, yeah. It, it was a while back. In fact, I remember sitting on the sofa of your um, apartment in Riadoso on the mountain uh, when Walter Merrick and Gerald Kiesling were negotiating some horses that they had uh, in partnership and they were easy jets, easy tiki and real high. And I was so excited to be able to possibly own them and the partnership was either the horses were going to be sold or um, dissolved. And if I remember correctly, you did start easy tiki in Riadosa, New Mexico, I think twice or three times for us as a two-year-old. You remember she that? Yeah, I do. She was a runner. She had a lot of talent. That's, a, that's how I remembered you it's a, when you said Easy Tiki. Yeah. Easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Easy Tiki was an Easy Jet daughter, and at that the year that she ran as a three-year-old, she was one of the higher um, mares rated in the country and she was also out of princely uh, princess tiki who was a princely pleasure and princely pleasure was a thoroughbred stallion that stood here in florida in fact uh, bob candow one of the people that was a main breeder here in in ocala florida stood him so there was a lot of connections to florida in the horse industry but what i wanted to wanted you to talk about was um you got your start in the quarter horse racing and could you tell us about how you started and your career and where you ran and and the horses that you handled well i started training in 82 and i trained all over the southwest and wyoming and you know utah new mexico colorado but it was Uh, mostly quarter horses right mostly quarter horses all quarter horses right then, yeah, because that's, that's what all I knew was quarter horses. My stepdad was a quarter horse trainer. Oh, wow. So, so the race tracks that you ran, your quarter horses were Riadosa. What are the other tracks that you ran at? Well, I've run, I've, I've run pretty much everywhere in New Mexico, you know, and, and I've been in Lucy pretty much everywhere. It'd be hard for me to name all the places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So how did you get involved in the quarter horse racing? Um, well, my mom's uncle was uh, in racing, and his son used to uh, take me down to the barn. And, uh, just as soon as I smelled the barn, I was in love with With the horses. <laughs> my mom married a, a trainer and, and helped a lot. So then she did, she did quarter horse racing too, then your mother? Well, my stepdad did. Now, was that my, the... <clears throat> his name was Wendell, Wendell Merrill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was the sheriff of McKinley County for a while. So what were the years of that? How long ago was that? Man, that's, that's you know, I was probably 14 that started. So you were 14. Yeah, I started going down to the track, skipping school and going to the track when I was about 12. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, so you became a trainer and you were running quarter horses. How did you get involved with EasyJet? Could you explain and the, the sequence and the events of that, of becoming part owner of EasyJet? Well, I was uh, laying in bed sleeping and it was about four o'clock in the morning. I got a phone call and my dad said, how do you like Easy Jet? I said, he's a nice stud, got a little age on him, but he's nice. And he said, it's good, you own him. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so your dad bought him it, bought in for you then? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know I owned him, you know, and then, wow. you know, then I got in with Walt Merrick and Joe Merrick and uh, Buddy Southern, Rick Anderson. So. That's where I met Charlie Figueroa, the guy that galloped mine that bird into the dirt, into the triple crown races. Yeah, he was, now according to what I read, he was working on your farm in Roswell at that time too, right? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for people that don't know EasyJet, EasyJet was born in 1967, he died in 1992. As you remember, we had Easy Tiki in real high in 1990 and you raced her at Rio Dosa, New Mexico for us. Um, this horse was one of only two horses um, at, at some time they said being a member of the AQHA. He won, in, he won the All-American Futurity in 1969. I was nine years old. <laughs> now I'm telling my age. He was named world champion. He, was one of the, he had the highest speed index. This was a very amazing kind of freak horse. He had 27 wins and 37 races in two years of racing. Um, his, when he was a two-year-old, I think he won 22 of those races as a two-year-old, which is absolutely unheard of. And in fact, um, with statistics, he was never out of the money with the exception of one time when he false broke and he hit the front of the gates and he broke some teeth and he was stunned. And when the gates opened, he was still trying to stand up and still ran fifth. So this horse was amazing and Walter Merrick, who bred and raised this horse, um, trained him himself. He took him on and he, and he went on with the, with the horse. And, and there's so many stories about EasyJet. Um, Walter Merrick, uh, it was in the 1930s that had 14, what was called 14 Ranch. And the reason it's 14 is because he was way back when he was one of the, the trainers on a ranch 
it was back in the Depression, and for the low wages, their owner used to give them cattle. And when he got to the number 14, he branded those cattle and named his ranch 14 Ranch, and that's how it all started. So it. yeah, it, you remember those stories, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, well, I got to hang with Walt a lot. He told me a, He told me and taught me a bunch. What, what's, what were some of the things that you can remember about Walter? Well, he, he was a very quiet man, and he talked quiet. But when he said something, you know, he, he didn't say it twice. He better catch on in a hurry. <laughs> Walt was a... He was a very good man. Very, you know, he was ahead of his time on this uh, oh, yeah. horse creek. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing like um, e Easy Jet because you just don't see those kinds of horses. Um, I think in even one of the things that uh, one of the facts is he was at one t time he was sold for sixty shares, and each one of those shares was five hundred thousand each for thirty million dollars. And that was way back in, in the olden times, which just could be millions and millions today. So we have one minute, and so I'm going to um, just uh, kind of, uh, Walter Merrick, it, he, he was an amazing person. He was um, inducted into Hall of Fame. His son, Joe, is still running the ranch and still raising thoroughbred horses, um, quarter horse industry has changed a little bit and everybody's kind of gone to the thoroughbreds, not that our hearts aren't in quarter horse racing, which it is. So we'll come back in a few minutes and talk to uh, Mark Allen about how he got involved in the thoroughbred racing.
Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith, Equine Hospital, and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Hay, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Paulette Stout in the studio today, filling in with Louisa, and prayers to her for continued healing. I have Mark Allen on the phone, who is the owner of EasyJet and Mind That Bird, both in partnerships. So we'll go back to EasyJet. Um, uh, Mark, you were involved with, with Walter Merrick, who is absolutely legendary, and EasyJet is, was an amazing, amazing horse that had such an influence on the quarter horses and the quarter horse racing today. Um, can you tell us some things about Walter Merrick and, and in your partnership on what you learned from him? Um, you know, I, I learned how to look at a horse from him and, you know, how to, if a horse was balanced or not, and, uh, you know, to look if they were correct. And first, you know, you started to eat, no foot, no horse. And, mm -hmm. You know, it, I just, I, I learned how, how to look at a horse and, uh, and fresh, you know, keep one fresh for the races. And training-wise, you know, did he give ahead. you a lot of training tips? Well, you know, this, this is what he, I said, well, what's best leg paint to put on a horse? And he said, the one that takes the most time, you know, oh, so, yeah. Yeah. so that means, you know, just takes time, not leg paint to, yeah. to heal a horse. Yeah. A lot of rubbing. That's yeah, good. lots of rubbing. Lots of and rubbing. always rubbing on them horses. Yep. That's one thing I don't think they do today is rub, rub their horses like they used to. Yeah. It's it's usually they didn't take as much time because there's so many of them and and it's always yeah. a more of a quick fix instead of really spending the time and those old trainers it taught me too is it you know a lot of brush wear out some brushes and 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 rub on those legs and it's going to do a lot more for the horse than just painting something on and walking away yeah 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 that's rubbing. <laughs> Always have a rub rag in your pocket. Did you um do you still have any EasyJet babies now or or is that Oh no. 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 Well, he it's interesting that when my um research um Walter Merrick died in in 2006 at age 94. And of course, EasyJet is buried on their 14 ranch. But Mind That Bird was born the same year that Walter Merrick died. So it was a, a renew. And who would have known that you would have ended up with that horse? But. Um, That's pretty cool. <laughs> I know when I read that, it was pretty darn amazing. Um, how did you get involved with the, with the thoroughbreds? Um. You know, I, I, I trained thoroughbreds. I was, I trained down in Phoenix quite a bit, you know, at Turf Paradise. And, and uh, then, you know, I had some thoroughbreds when I first went up to Rio Dosa. I've, I've, I've kind of dabbled in them up and on, you know. I've had a couple of nice ones, but, uh, you know, in King Bird. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the story of Mind That Bird is pretty amazing, and if anybody's forgotten or has never seen, 
that that winning the Kentucky Derby was an amazing race, and it upset everybody. <laughs> it was so amazing. Um, Steve Haskin wrote a story in The Blood Horse, and I think it was 2014, the real story behind the 50-to-1 shot, and uh, that's what mine that bird was, was his odds were 50-to-1 to win. And when he started his little article, he had said that he had gotten a, a call from Darren, which was the head of communications for Churchill Down, and he said, we got two more um, horses for the Derby, and he said, oh great, I can't wait to hear this. And so, because usually by that time they have their lineup and they know who's really good and who's going to be the top contenders for the Derby win, but um, so he he did his um, kind of little bit of a of a say, and the newcomers were Mind That Bird, trained by Benny Woodley, which is Chip, and Summer yeah. Bird, right, with Tim Ice, and yeah. yep, and he said in a statement, he said, who the heck is, is Benny Woodley and Tim Ice, and he didn't really want to know, he said, but they must have been greenhorns looking for a, a snatch at a moment of glory. <laughs> So, so that's how that all kind of started. Is is the thought of mind that bird um, going? Now, I know he was a Canadian champion as a two-year-old when you bought him. Could you tell us something about mind that bird and what made you pick him? Well, uh, I sent Chip up to Canada to look at him, and he, he called me when he first looked at him. He said. He's little and he toes out. I don't think we want him. And I said, well, he's just going to work him the next day. And I said, well, stay up there and watch him work anyway. Maybe. And right after that work, Chip called me and said, yeah, we'll, we'll take this horse. We'll take him. <laughs> so yeah. you, you ended up with, and, and I know his purchase price was a whole lot more than the Fasic Tipton. Uh, sale price. I think he sold in the Fasic Tipton somewhere around $6,500. Um, yeah. It was a gelding. So, yeah. But I paid 400000 for him. So, and, you know, uh, Keith Krupper is the one that kind of got all of this arranged. He, he's, uh, so he, he's got a nice place out in Kentucky. So how did he decide to contact you about the horse? Well, I was actually looking for an Oaks Billy, and uh, and uh, he called me up and said, "I think I got a horse for you to look at, but it's a gilding." I, mean, I, I don't want no gilding. <laughs> so I think you better look at this horse. So I sent Chip up there, and Chip liked him. So, well, so you bought him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you Go tried ahead. it. So, so as I, as this goes, it was something you didn't want. You wanted a filly, so you bought a gelding, um, and then you weren't sure about it. He's just a plain horse, toes out a little bit, but looked like he might have some promise. And then you bought him, and he didn't do much as a three-year-old. Can you can you tell us about that? Well, um, you know, in New Mexico, everything speed, speed, speed. So, you know, he thinks he. And he was going up towards the lead and then didn't have a kick on the end. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we got, we got that figured out a little bit. I, you know, I thought we could run third, uh, fourth or fifth in the Kentucky Derby. I really did. But, uh, 
and then, and then come back and run in the uh, Belmont was my original plan. But mm-hmm. bird through a monkey wrench into that plan. Wow. Well, it, it takes a while to figure a horse out, isn't it? Yeah, Chip's done a good job on that. You know, uh, it, it, and you know, having Calvin didn't hurt nothing either. Right. When uh, when we were blessed with Calvin. Right. After Calvin worked that horse and he said he'd ride it, I figured we had a shot. To do something. Charlie Figueroa had been telling me, this, this horse is going to run huge, Mark. He's going to run big. Wow. Yeah. So you all talked amongst yourself about the horse and thought you had a chance. And, and when you see everybody else ride about him, they didn't think you had a chance at all, did they? <laughs> no, no. I wouldn't have either. Yeah. We trailered him up there. I didn't know nothing about flying horses. Wow. You're a cowboy. You you put him in a horse trailer, not on an airplane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even think about flying him. That's how. Yeah, there was... There was a statement that said, Derby horses don't come from Sunland Park or Louisiana Downs. And, And a quote was, when when he said something he said the birds are coming to kentucky so we're going to be back in a few seconds or a few minutes um continuing the story of mine that bird and alan um be right back this show is presented by peterson and smith equine hospital one of the top equine hospitals in the usa with services including ambulatory surgery sports medicine reproduction and with doctors on call 24 hours a day Check them out now at petersonsmith.com. The opinions of the hosts and guests on the Horse Talk Show are not necessarily that of Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. This show is brought to you in part by Horse Boxes USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxes USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tack Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. I'm Paulette Stout in the studio today for Louisa Barton, who is healing. Thank you to Larson Hay, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. We're in the studio today with Mark Allen, who was a co-owner of EasyJet, a famous quarter horse racehorse stallion, and Mind That Bird, who won the 2009 Kentucky Derby and upset everybody. <laughs> it was an amazing race. So we're going to continue with this little bit of a story. 
How did you know that you were actually qualified since the horse really didn't do anything as a three-year-old um, and you had to get him figured out? Um, how did you know that you, you were qualified for the Kentucky Derby? I got a call. Uh, uh, I forget what his name was. His president of the Kentucky Derby. He said, uh, he said, uh, your horse is qualified for the Derby. Kentucky Derby. Uh, I, I didn't believe him. I thought it was one of my friends messing with me, so I, I hung up on him. <laughs> and uh, he called me back again, and I hung up on him again. And, the next time he uh, said, I'm not calling back. Oh, my God. So I started believing. <laughs> so you hung up on him three times. Do you believe that you were actually qualified <laughs> for the Kentucky Derby? I thought Derby? it was somebody, one of my friends messing with me or something. Now, I know when you qualify for something like that it still costs money to pass the box and you know and you have a horse that you're not really sure that you have the talent to go that high so what made you do it well uh you know how many times am i going to get to run in the kentucky derby i, I was going back there for the like the derby experience and to drink some bourbon and stuff <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> just to have the Kentucky Derby experience and wow you sure did so so this so when you got got that news you all planned on going and instead of like most I remember Clyde Rice who was a trainer here used to fly his horses to California and it was easy they they traveled easy it didn't take nothing out of them but you got a trailer and Chip and your, I think it was your barn uh, groom? Actually, we're gonna... No, no, it's Charlie Kigaroy. He was, Charlie, uh, he he rode a lot. He, he breaks horses. He's he's, mm -hmm. uh, he's kind of like magic with the horse. It was Chip and Charlie Figueroa. And the reason I wanted Charlie up there is because I knew Charlie would tell me how the horse was going. Uh-huh. And Chip was pretty messed up. He needed help, too. Yeah, he broke his leg in something like 12 places. So yeah, he, he was, was terrible. Yeah. He was, he was in a lot of pain during that derby. Yeah, and, and supposedly, is this true, that he was insistent on doing almost all of the driving and the leg that was broken was the right leg? <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's pretty hard hit. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a, a hard, he, he, he cared a lot about the horse, so he wanted to know everything was about, and I, and I read something about his girlfriend that she had to know every oat that the horse ate. He wanted to know. Is that true, too? Yeah. But I, I tell you what, uh, a big reason we won that derby was Charlie Figueroa. I, I don't think we'd have won it if it wouldn't have been for him. Wow. Yeah. He helped out. So it was, I mean, Chip was doing a good job, but Chip was hurt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's too bad, but he wanted to be a part of it and was at least the driver. So so there, So there. it took two days to get there. You went to um, Lone Star and stopped there, and then you um, 
got the horse out and jogged him and made sure he was okay with the veterinarian, and then you traveled on to Kentucky. Is that true? Yes, Chip and Charlie did. Me and Kelly was uh, following them, uh, having a little bit too good of time. <laughs> so you were you were doing the Kentucky Derby experience all the way there then, right? <laughs> Dang right. If I was going to do it, I was going to do it. No, we had fun. We, did, we had a good time. Yeah. Not, ex not even knowing what you were going to actually see that day. So... Anyway, so you get there. Can you can you give us some insight to what it's like to be an owner of a horse that is um, qualified for the Kentucky Derby? When you get there, what is that like? What do you do? What do they do for you? How does it work? Oh, everybody's super nice. The, the track people super nice. Bob Baffert, he, you know that movie portrayed him how he was a. He was our best friend up there. He was a gentleman and helped us all he could. Wow. Bob Baffert's a good guy. Wow. Um, they had to have a bad guy in the movie. So. <laughs> but, uh, that wasn't, it wasn't him. I mean, he didn't let down on us like a lot of people did. Yeah. Because it was, um, in fact, I guess you made a fashion statement. Because according to what I read, um, crutches were sexy and black hats were in, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm wearing my black hat black for you hat today. <laughs> yeah, so you, you got to do the partying and, and just all of the things that they do and you got to do the draw. I know that that's a pretty special event is the draw and getting your um, post position. How was that? That was that was very cool. It was uh, it was fun to be there. I got to see, you know, some of my heroes. And it was it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Wow. I was getting everybody's autograph, and they thought <laughs> I was crazy. Yeah, and afterwards they were going to be getting your autograph. That's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so, so as you um, you go on to this Kentucky Derby journey. And you get to run the race, and you do the walkover. You did the walkover, right? Right. What was that like? Man, it's a pretty intimidating when you turn that when you, when you first see that crowd and hear them. And you know, you can see them other horses. It it made them nervous, but old Bert he handled it like it wasn't nothing. Wow. He's a, he was a professional. He's very intelligent. Very He's a pretty cool horse. I want to read something else that somebody when before the Kentucky Derby, they said, although no one was paying attention, mind that bird, who likely will be either the longest or second longest priced horse in the field, actually turned in a smooth, strong gallop this morning, which caught the eye. There's nothing yeah. striking about him. He's just a, a smallish colt in a plain brown wrapper but he really moved well over the track. He did, he, he handled that surface. Uh, oh man, he, he was training, he was training very, very well going into that race. Chip and Charlie done a good job getting into that race, they did. So you told me he really liked that surface and that racetrack. He loved it. He loved it. He loved it, yeah, mm -hmm. he loved Churchill. 
But right then, right then, you know, you could have run him across broke glass and he'd have been tough. Stupidity money's a game. Wow. So you did the walkover, and, and I'm sure in the saddling paddock, I know what that feels like in a stakes race, and everybody's getting tacked, and, and the nerves and the excitement of all of it, I'm sure you were just thrilled. But to have that Kentucky Derby experience, but not knowing what you were going to see before your eyes when they broke out of the gates. So I do know that he didn't have a, a clean trip. So he, what was he in the eight hole? Yes. You know, my when I was most nervous was when I was wrapping him and he stalled before the race, and I couldn't quit shaking. That's when I was most nervous. Wow, I'm sure. And so when when he uh, when he came by us the first time, you know, I just said, "Please God, don't let him run dead last." Wow. We have, a, we have a few seconds left to go, so I'm going to um, stop here. We're going to come right back with Mark Allen finishing this story of this amazing Kentucky Derby experience and winning the Kentucky Derby in 2009 with Mind That Bird. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. At All In Removal, we offer the best service and highest quality products. Whether you need fine shavings, large flake, a custom blend, or even bag shavings, we have the bedding and removal services you need. We use only reliable late model trucks, and our team of drivers are courteous, respectful, and hardworking. We train our staff to the high standards we are famous for, and our customer service team prides themselves on being experts on our products and an advocate for our customers, helping them to maximize the value they receive. If quality and service matter, give us a try today. Are you ready to get loco? At Loco Graphics, every dollar matters to provide your ideas brought to life. Loco Graphics strives to get your message across and impact your customers, offering logo design, vehicle wraps, business cards, banners and more. Make your business shine and showcase who you are with nothing but the highest quality materials. The difference is in the details. Impact your potential customers with Loco Graphics. Like them on Facebook now and find them on the web at locographics.com. Inspired by a catastrophic driving accident, Dan Taylor created and patented the EquiSafe Safety Rain and Driving Collection. So don't get caught in the rain. Get EquiSafe Rains with a safety breakaway for driving, jumping, pony riding and more. Find them on the web at EquiSafe.com and like and follow on social media. Don't ever stand in lines with EquiSafe. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. <laughs> with your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Hay, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Paulette Stout in the studio for Louisa Barton, who is home healing. We need your prayers for her so she can continue healing. And I miss her. So anyway, we are on the studio with Mark Allen, who was in a partnership with EasyJet, one of the neatest, fastest, most amazing quarter horse stallions ever, and also in a partnership with Mind That Bird, who won the Kentucky Derby in 2009. Mark, we were talking about just before the race, you were saying you were more nervous about wrapping his legs in the stall. Could you explain that again? Yeah, I'd, I'd get it wrapped and I'd go, I, I can do better than that, so I'd take that off. Charlie finally told me, we're down to two rats, you better get it right. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. And you said you were shaking. I can imagine. I know that feeling, but I never got yeah. to experience the Kentucky Derby. You wanted to win the All-American, but you ended up yeah. winning the Kentucky Derby. How? It's just amazing. I can't even... It's, it's so exciting even talking about it. So you walk, do the walkover, which is amazing. The crowd, I'm sure, is just yelling and cheering, and the horses are nervous, and the saddling paddock, and they, they go out to the post parade. Um, by that time, you were probably eating a lot of hors d'oeuvres, I would imagine, correct? Yeah. <laughs> and having That's a good time. <laughs> so... Tell us about the break and the actual race and what you were seeing. Oh, you know, it's like when I got there and I, and I, and I seen they, the Kentucky Derby horses in the morning have yellow towels on them and everybody's kind of got to move out of their way. And the first yellow towel I seen was like Pioneer of the Nile. And I went, oh my gosh, I messed up. <laughs> Bird wasn't even close to his size. And Pioneer of the Nile is the sire of American Pharaoh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just so right. people realize that. Yeah. It was, uh, but uh, when, you know, he's a little horse, and during the break, he got, you know, he got hit from both sides, and Calvin had to take him back. And he took him way back. I couldn't believe how far back he was. It was like 20 lengths, yeah, I think. I think, he, I think he wound up like 30 off the lead. Oh my God. So he didn't have, you know, and anybody in court horse racing knows when you get creamed from both sides or you get smashed coming out of the gates and, and they get closed out, it's, it can sure shut a horse down. And so you're saying he yeah. was 30 lengths behind. Was he even in the video? No, you couldn't. You know, I, I, I just seen, because I was there, I had my eye on him, and, uh, but it, and, you know, after I watched the race on TV, you couldn't even see him. Oh, God. way back. So by then, you were praying that you didn't run last, right? Yep. Yeah, I was. But when he went by me the first time, I went, please, God, don't let him run dead last. I, I didn't want to embarrass New Mexico to tell you the truth. Uh, so it, Go ahead. so when he when you said that he runs off the pace that was probably what he needed oh yeah 
Yeah, he had, you know, if you, he had one big kick, you know, and if, if he, you know, there, during the race, Galvin was riding him kind of like a reigning horse. <laughs> going in and out and around. And, uh, wow. And when he squeezed through that last little hole, I, I just couldn't believe it. You know, it was said that he came back with white paint on his left boot. So that's how close he was to the rail. Oh, yeah. You can, he hit, he actually, you can see it in slow motion. He actually hits the rail with his, with his uh, stirrup two or three times. I mean, that's, that's some gutsy riding. I mean, he was, he was going for it. He knew what he had underneath him. And... You know, uh, they said, uh, Galvin, that's a little hole you went through there on the end. He said, well, these are little rowers. <laughs> <laughs> so he knew he would fit. <laughs> and and I, I remember the, the calls. They, they were calling all the other horses, and I don't even think they realized that mine, that bird, went to the front. He, he did. He did. Uh, he talked to me after that race, and... Uh, Man, I blew that. Yeah, he did. He sure did. And so he won by what, six or seven lengths? I think it was six and a half. Six and a half lengths, coming from coming from being hit out of the gates to thirty lengths behind to winning six lengths in front. It was unbelievable going through horses weaving in and out, hitting the rail basically with the jockey's boot, and winning the Kentucky Derby. 50 to 1. So everybody was shocked. In fact, it was said by, by Steve Haskin, and I love to listen to him talk because he's awesome, and he's so up on everything. He said, he looked at somebody and he said, do you have anything on this horse? Because <laughs> Because nobody interviewed you. In fact, they said that Chip would stay we in... Many, we didn't get many visitors before the race. I mean, uh, we really didn't. Yeah, nobody no came to look at the horse. Nobody interviewed you. Nobody interviewed Chip. Nobody. So they just didn't expect that. And um, so there was no real post interviews and somebody said that they were interviewing anybody with a black hat on so they didn't know even <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even know who y'all were so, i heard that i heard a couple of my friends got interviewed yeah a couple of your friends yeah so steve had said it was inexcusable to totally have ignored this horse Despite his feeble price tag as a yearling, he was the Sovereign Award winner as champion two-year-old in Canada, winning the gray stakes. There was three other stakes that he won, breaking his maiden in a $62,000 claiming race and his second career start. Um, so he had some, some uh, awards to his name. He just didn't do well as a three-year-old and he was coming on and you had to figure him out and, and they ignored it and here it was, one of the biggest upsets in, in uh, the Kentucky Derby. Um, they said he's one of nine geldings to ever win the Kentucky Derby since 1929. And so you, after the Kentucky Derby, 
um, you had other plans for him and he did continue to do well for you after that so you went to the Preakness and how was that? You know uh, he got in a little trouble there but he didn't have right after that. Uh, Mike, Mike uh, Smith come back and he was actually crying and say he said I cost you that race I so, so who was who I was? I feel that bad. I ran second in it. So who was the winner of the Preakness? Rachel Alexander. Rachel Alexander. <laughs> so that was no no slight competition there. So then you went on yeah. to the Belmont, and and can you tell us a little bit about the Belmont? Yeah, um, you know he got in trouble there too. He really did, but, uh, but uh, you know, Calvin, you know, I love Calvin, but he really, he, he started that horse too early on his move. And uh, if he had waited a little longer, uh, it's been real tough. But, you know, Calvin, he said, it, it was not, it was not too long ago. He said, I think if I'd have stayed on Burke, he could have won a triple crown. Yeah, and said so he did. He did come off of, of a bird on the Preakness and rode another horse. So we will be coming back in a few minutes. We're gonna on the last segment with Mark Allen. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. The Equine Performance Center Ocala with numerous success stories and featuring the most advanced equine conditioning and rehab equipment available in the world today is striving to be the best in the nation. Find them on the web at epcrehab.com and like them on Facebook now. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk. That's our Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. 
Thank you to Larson Hay, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Paulette Stout in the studio for Louisa Barton, who's home healing. I'm on the phone with uh, Mark Allen, who was in a partnership with EasyJet, one of the greatest quarter horse racehorses in our industry, and also an owner of Mind That Bird, which won the Kentucky Derby in 2009 and was an amazing race and upset in the Kentucky Derby. Mark, um, this horse went on, won you the Kentucky Derby, you were second in the Preakness, third in the Belmont. Um, that is truly amazing for any owner to be able to do that. Um, I, I can't even say enough. Our quarter horse days go back and I remember sitting on the couch with you like it was yesterday and going into the stands on the mountain and you even got me a Frito pie, which I didn't know what those were until then. So, you know, it's, it, it's bringing me back to some of my old roots too that I appreciate so much and remembering um, because those horses all that I love so much. Um, mind that bird I know you still have him and uh, and they made a movie of it it's it's 50 to 1 and anybody can go on amazon.com and look up 50 to 1 and there is a movie made of him when did that movie uh, become reality or when did you when did they approach you or how did the, all that happen well there was all kinds of people approached us about this thing but uh Jim Wilson, who uh, made Dances with Wolves, when when he said, let's make a movie. I, I didn't really want to make a movie, I'll tell you. But when Jim Wilson asked you to make a movie, you go, okay. <laughs> you make a movie. <laughs> so that was, I mean, that was a real compliment. I know that um, Chip and you all, we all look for some sort of validation on all the work that we do and and this certainly no matter what happens in in your life you certainly are validated in a very big way your trainer your groom yourself all the work um you know it it validates that you are horsemen and you're a cowboy first and i know that um so it like i said you had a fashion statement you know, bringing the cowboys to town in the thoroughbred industry. And we have a lot of quarter horse people that have been very, very successful in the thoroughbred industry in the racing and the two-year-old and training sales. So um, we do make a mark coming from the quarter horse industry into the thoroughbred industry. But yeah. Look at old Bob Baffert and Wayne Lucas. That's where they started. Yeah, the yeah, absolutely. They sure did. Um, can you, you do have mind that bird. Can you tell me about him? Do you ride him? What do you do with him now? What does he do on your farm? Well, right now he's getting, getting fat, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's a good riding horse. I rode him up in the mountains up above, uh, the Air Force Academy. They had me bring him up there for the, um, for the wounded warriors and all that stuff. Oh, wow. The remount, that was a remount. Uh-huh. Was they introduced, uh, you know, they, they have warriors coming, the soldiers coming back and, uh, you know, not feeling right, not feeling right mentally and horses help. So Work he's actually been used in that stuff. program where you're at? Well, he's kind of their mascot, you know. Uh, they asked me to bring him up there and I 
and I paraded him around at halftime at a football game, and then we took him for a ride up in the mountains. So it was pretty cool. So he's in real good shape, sound and healthy. Oh, he's sound. Yeah, he's very sound and very healthy. Back, I'm thinking about going back to training, and if I do, he's going to be my pony horse. Oh wow, that'd be awesome. That's, that's how smart he is. He's very intelligent. Would th that would be a really really good ambassador for the sport is to have him be a pony horse and be in some of those post parades. Um, it, are you so you are going back to training? Where are you living now? Well, I'm I'm going I'm I'm going to Texas. I'm getting out of New Mexico. Uh, Texas, uh, you know, I, I like Texas politics, and I know Kentucky and Texas will always have horses. Right, right. Yeah. That's part of tradition, part of family values there. Um, yeah, they love their horses. Yeah. So do you have any horses besides Mind That Bird right now? Oh, yeah. I've got, like, I've got a candy ride mare. I'm breeding Sheila, Maximus, Mischief in Kentucky. And yeah, I, got, I got a few nice mares and uh, a couple in training. Not, nothing that exciting yet. So are you going to get me a get me a filly and go to work on her? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a few racehorses and start back and and do some breeding then? Yeah, you know I'm gonna, I'm I'm, I'm going to I want to enjoy this last chapter of my life, so I'm going to I cut way back. I sold my place, and uh, right now I'm just kind of a gypsy. I got a, I got me a camp trailer. I'm looking for good grass in Texas. Wow. Where in Texas are you looking? I don't know. I'm not sure. I really don't know. I'm just going to take off and visit some friends and pull this trailer and see where I like the best. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been, it's been amazing. Um, Mind That Bird won $2,228,637. He won five out of 18 starts and was in the Canadian Hall of Fame. And he's going to be your pony horse. And he's sound. That's a great... Yeah, he's sound. He's, he's, he's sound and smart. On that trail ride, I was opening Chet and Gates off his back by the end of that trail ride. That's how, that's how smart he is. So the breeding in, in this horse, is there any breeding that you have that's similar to him? Pardon me? Is there any breeding bloodlines that's similar to him that you have? No, I wish. No, I got, my, I got a candy ride mare that out of a, her mama run out 900,000. And she looks like a quarter horse. And I, I think she's gonna be pretty good for me. Are you gonna do any quarter horses at all, do you think? No, I'm out of the quarter. I got one quarter horse. We got being broke right now, but I'm, I'm pretty much out of the quarter horses. Mm -hmm. There's wow. too much, uh, too much stuff going on. In, mm -hmm. in New Mexico, racing ain't doing very well either. So, going to Texas. Yeah. They, Texas got good thoroughbreds too. They really do. Lone Star is a good track, but I think at times struggles. Um, with the the gambling, it has really helped the horsemen. Hopefully, 
uh, I don't think Texas has that, do they? No, you know, I can't elect these horses are the only gambling in Texas. I, I, I really don't like the casinos and the racetracks joining up. They're not the same people, and, and they get to, you know, Texas welcomes you with your horses. Uh, these guys, it's kind of pain in the butt at these racinos, is what they call them. Wow, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about that, but that probably is very true. So it has to do with just the old time doing the racing the right way and not being involved in the casino gambling. So um, we're down to the last minute, Mark, and, and like I said, I just so appreciate you talking with me. You know, I, I had called Tim Williams at uh, Remington. He's now the racing secretary there. I don't know if you remember Tim Williams. He was a trainer and, a, and also a race rider for the quarter horse industry. And I said, do you know where Mark is at and what his phone number is? And he says, I don't know. I think I might know somebody that can find that out. So we all are really connected together and I'm glad to be able to connect together with you again. And um, I wish you luck in finding your place. And again, thank you so much for taking me back on memory lane. Well, you know, the only reason I done this was because of our ego today. I don't yeah. do many interviews. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mark. Yes, and we'll talk yes, again, you. I'm sure. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a salt water spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers a largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala. Experience the difference in buying. Palm makes it simple with no pressure, the best sales staff, and lots of inventory. Experience the difference at Palm Chevy in Ocala or online at palmchevrolet.com. Palm Chevy, buy new roads. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors on West Highway 40. Stock up for summer and fly season now with fly masks, fly control, and spray, vaccines, and all you need for a Florida summer. Tons of farrier supplies, healthcare, and stable supplies at TT Distributors. Like them on Facebook or online at ttdistributors.com. Inspired by a catastrophic driving accident, Dan Taylor created and patented the Equisafe Safety Rain and Driving Collection. So don't get caught in the rain. Get Equisafe Rains with a safety breakaway for driving, jumping, pony riding and more. Find them on the web at equisafe.com and like and follow on social media. Don't ever stand in lines with Equisafe. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. 
Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Hi, I'm Abby Slavin, local equestrian and entrepreneur, and I'm here today with Bujo, the CEP's Relocation Guide cover model. Hi, I'm Louisa Barton, director of the Equine Initiative presented by Piranha in downtown Ocala today to launch the Gallop of Fame to commemorate Florida bred champions and pasture ponies that we love. The bronze plaques are two foot by three foot for any Florida bred champion, deceased or living. The bricks can be for any horse, perhaps a beloved pasture pet, or even an equestrian you'd like to celebrate. There are about 1,200 bricks for sale. Both will be installed for the life of the sidewalk. For more information on the bricks and plaques in downtown Ocala to commemorate your horse, please email me at louisa at ocalacep.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Hay, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Paulette Stout in the studio for Louisa Barton, who is home healing. We love her to death, continue to pray for her so she has complete healing. I'm here with Kathleen Wheeler with Dapple Up Shampoo. So, Catherine, I didn't. I I was told about this, but I wasn't sure. Tell us about the shampoo. Okay, um, it's actually made in like well, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and it was developed for the racehorses at Churchill Downs that right. were being bathed every single day and all these unnecessary chemicals, um, and you know chemicals that are found in a lot of products for humans as well. Right. Um, and the essential oils that we added have um, a lot of benefits. So the mm -hmm. lemongrass oil is an antifungal, the peppermint oil is a coolant, it's really good for inflammation. So it seems to help a lot with skin issues. Um, really? And it's very concentrated. So it originated in the thoroughbred world, but now um, it's expanding um, into other industries as well. So, so you were, were you at Churchill Downs when you developed this or, or how did that happen there? So it was three, it was four years ago. Um, I was actually selling an, a, a product and I wasn't passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And it was a long morning. I'd gone to all the trainers and had gone just, you know, barn to barn telling about this product and I was just so tired, but I went into the Rose Garden. Um, I was sitting by myself and just kind of minding my own business and some gentleman was standing next to me and just thinking, why are you next to me? You have all of Churchill Downs to go to. And, <laughs> and it's big too. It, it's huge, especially like <laughs> You on get lost day. in it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so uh, we started chit-chatting. We handicapped a couple races um, that kind of, you know, well, just a couple dollars. And um, he had a formula that he was selling to hospitals and nursing homes for bed sores. And about 15 years prior, he was friends with one of the Kentucky State vets. And the vet was like, if this is helping humans, why don't we make a shampoo for all the horses at Churchill Downs being bathed every single day? Oh, wow. So um, the, the, that was 15 years prior. Um, and trainers really liked the product. And then, unfortunately, the vet passed away. And the gentleman who had the formula just didn't really, you know, have the connections or, you know, the network. To be able to start it back up. To start it back up. Oh, um, wow. Even though he knew it was a great product. So, so it, it was a product that was around but just kind of stopped because of the person. Correct. 
he um he even said you know i've got a perfect name for it so dapple up dapple i was like up. okay and a wow. month later um i met him back up at churchill downs um, I told my parents, they're just kind of like shampoo, okay, I mean, you know, we don't know what was going to happen, we didn't know what was going to happen, and, um... So do you, do you own this company I now? I do. So you now have the product, and you are owning it, and now you're going on. Now, are you yes. based in Ocala? So I've been coming down to Ocala for, um, four or five winters. Um, but uh, from Churchill Downs. From Lex, I'm from Lexington. Lexington, Texas. okay. So, mm -hmm. um, and I absolutely love Ocala. Um, I've got a mentor down here, and you know several people um, who I've learned a lot in the thoroughbred industry. So, are you basically in the thoroughbred industry? What do you do in the thoroughbred industry? Um, well, right now it's more focused on dapple up. But what I will do is I'll go to a racetrack or. Um, like a Saratoga or Oakland Hot Springs, Arkansas, and mm -hmm. work for a trainer for a couple months or a meet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, network, make some connections there, and then still mm -hmm. get to be hands on with the horses. So you're grooming, mostly grooming, well, or exercise I, riding, hot or? walking, and then um, I've also uh, been an assistant mm -hmm. uh, in Hot Springs. Oh wow! Um, yeah, mm -hmm. so it's it, not yeah, assistant trainer. So pretty cool. And that was two, I think, two years ago. So that was that was a neat area. But I absolutely love Ocala. Um, so I love you, Lexington, and I love Ocala. Those are my two. I know spots. Lexington's really nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I went to Farrier School up there. Okay. Yeah, between Lexington and uh, Louisville, there's um, Shelbyville. Yep. It was in there. Yep. I went to Kentucky Farrier School there. Very good. Yeah, I really liked it. I loved the area. I went back and forth and got to see the the sites and you yeah. know because I was there for several weeks but yeah well, I think Shelbyville is very big into the um, saddlebreds mm. they're they have a lot of saddlebreds yeah saddlebreds mm -hmm. and walking horses okay. and you know that sort of thing yeah you know, it was a great place and people are amazing there that was the, that was one of the things I really liked about Kentucky the people were wonderful yes because when we go to the farms and it was freezing because I went to Kentucky I went to the school in late September October and up there it's freezing and I freeze under 70 degrees mm -hmm. so it was really cold there and when we trim horses in the barn they'd bring out the cornbread like unbelievable it was like the most and but back to your shampoo now I do know on the racetrack that thoroughbreds, because of the type of skin they have, we do get a lot of trouble with fungus. And if the babies, the two-year-olds, as we call them, mm -hmm. the babies, um, the baby two-year-olds will get it, and then it goes through the entire barn. No matter what you do, it seems that once it gets hold, it... So how is that with, with the fungus and... Um, so the lemongrass oil that's in Dapple Up is a natural antifungal or has mm -hmm. antifungal properties mm -hmm. um, and then the peppermint oil is a coolant and it's good for the inflammation mm -hmm. um, but what a lot of barns see and especially during the sales um, because you don't know what your neighbors have or what kind of skin you know right, right. issues they might have because you know like you said it can pop up and just spread right through, just the, spreads. <laughs> mm -hmm. through the barn and, yeah. and you don't want that when you're about ready to sell a horse and you, I mean you don't want it any time yeah. but um, it, it's a lot of people use it more of a preventative me measure right? because um, right, right. it seems to just help right. a lot with that. Now this has a dog on it so <laughs> so we're using it on all animals, dogs? So it's actually um, trademarked under a pet friendly shampoo 
Okay. Um, and you know, you know, there's only the five ingredients, so it's better than a lot of human shampoos out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was happening is I was getting calls from dog breeders um, who owned horses, and they were using the horse shampoo on the dogs. Mm-hmm. And they would call and just be like, "Oh my gosh, you know, this has really helped with the skin allergies." Or yeah, because the hot spots and hot itching, spots. Uh, they they do get allergies. A lot of dogs with the flea allergies, and it starts all kinds of stuff in the skin. Yes, and you got to get rid of the itch, or they chew themselves apart, yes. basically. <laughs> so absolutely. And I, I actually had um, someone call me uh, who used it. It was up, They were up in New York, and their German Shepherd got skunked. Oh, my God. And they used the, you know, the dapple up, and they called and said it worked and got rid of skunk, which I never <laughs> tried it because <laughs> I've only had my dog um, a little over a year. And, uh, you know, unfortun- or fortunately, he has not been skunked. So I haven't personally tried it, but that's what I've I know, told, that's so. really hard to get off. Once right. they get all that smelly oil from a skunk mm-hmm. on them, it is really hard to get off. Well, what, do, what are the remedies, like tomato paste? Tomato juice. Like I don't know. I guess it's because <laughs> of the, the, it's acidic or mm-hmm. something, that it neutralizes the smell or something. I don't know, or gets it off. I don't know right. what it does. But I've, yeah. I've I have had a friend that I tried to do the whole big cans of tomato juice juice and it sort of worked it didn't really work so he it stayed in the garage (laughs) (laughs) and I did wash the heck out of the dog but it didn't work but we didn't have this and that was about 30 years ago so which tells my age again um but we didn't have any we didn't have the stuff if if you notice some of the stuff like the essential oils we really didn't have a lot of that stuff 20 30 years ago really I mean, we didn't. They didn't have, you know, shampoos and things like that that they mixed up. So this is, this is some cool stuff. Uh, we have one minute. So oh. do we have to get back? We come That's to the last segment. Last segment. Well, look, this is saddle up, d- dapple up, and it's and it's a shampoo, and I'm sure that everybody's going to be using it on their hair. I might try it. I don't know. I've used it before. Well, I, I, I actually Did you use it. the conditioner? <laughs> I used it and I used it to shave. But um, I know you were talking about uh, derby horses, and uh, this year we actually um, had a, my, the very first uh, derby horse to uh, be use a dapple this? up. Yes. What's the derby? What was uh, it? It was Solo Volante with trainer Patrick Biacone. Oh, awesome. Um, so he likes your product. Yes, yes, so that so validates your product. Yes, there you go. Yes. So um, how do we get a hold of this? So um, I have uh, quite a few retailers um, in Lexington and Ocala, so it's a pretty limited market. Um, but uh, it is online at www.dappleup.com. Um, and then if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to email me at Catherine. It's uh, Catherine with a K, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at dappleup.com. And um, mm-hmm. I can uh, help take care of you. So. And just remember, this is recorded. So you can go back if you didn't write that down. And when the live is over, you can go back and you can write it down. So... Well, thank you for watching the Horse Talk Show. And we have a bonus segment coming up, and that is pre-recorded. So thank you, Catherine Wheeler. We appreciate your your, um, product here, and hopefully we can get it out there. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you.
Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. This is Gigi Rosado standing in for Luisa Barton. Hi, Luisa. I am here with Wes Peterson. He is the marketing manager here at OBS or the Ocala Breeder Sales. And we're going to talk about what is going on this next couple of days. Hi, Wes. Hi. So tell us about what's going to be going on tomorrow. I believe you have the two-year-old in training sales, correct? Yes, ma'am. So it's the first uh, two-year-old auction, thoroughbred auction on the, on the calendar. So we're really excited to get that whole season kicked off. Uh, we'll have another sale here in April and another one in June. But this being the, the, our first sale, it's kind of our premier, premier sale. We'll have a lot of good horses here. And as you can see, a lot of activity in the barns behind us. So. Yeah, I, I see all these beautiful horses back here walking around you know, with their owners and whatnot. It looks quite exciting, like definitely going to be an exciting couple of day, next days. So overall, though, how many sales do you have throughout the year going on? We have five sales a year, so we specialize in the two-year-old market, which is our March, April, and June sales. But we also have sale a yearling sale in October, and we have another mixed sale in January. So this is we're definitely getting ramped up for our busy season right now, so we're excited about that. <laughs> okay, so... Being that you know the sales here are pretty pretty huge, so how has last year, which is pretty much one full year by now, has COVID affected the sales? Like, how have you overcome with that? Our, two of our sales last year were delayed, but we were able to have our sales just at a later date, which was really good for our buyers because they really trust us with selling their horses and the product that they put so much time and effort into. So we were glad to do that, but we implemented an online bidding system, which has been really popular as well. So we've gotten a lot of international clients that feel comfortable bidding with us online as opposed to being here in person. So that's something that's probably the biggest change that we've implemented. But other than that, we've our schedule is going forward as planned. So we'll hopefully we can execute this year. Great. So being out this, everything is virtual. How now that we're our tail end of the year, have you seen more people coming in now, or are they still mixed in with virtual, or is this pretty much you know unequal balance between that? I think it's been an increase of both, actually. I think oh. people have kind of been pent up for the last year, and they're feeling more comfortable about being in Florida. So we've had a lot of activity on the grounds, as you can see behind us. Yes. But we've also had a large uptick in the online bidding signups because people are a little more familiar with the idea of buying horses online. Yes. So a lot of our international buyers have signed up for credit, and we'll, we'll prove them to bid online. So it's been both have been really, really popular. So, oh. yeah, it's been good. So one of the things I've been curious about with the virtual sales, because I know we have people buying from all over the world. What is the place that you never thought a buyer would be from. About a half an hour ago, I had a gentleman call me from Kuwait who was interested in purchasing oh, wow. horses online. So that was the first for me. There is a lot of thoroughbred racing in, in uh, the Middle East, but that was the first time I had a client inquire from Kuwait. So that was pretty interesting to me. So I was glad to get him get him signed up and he's excited to buy. So. Oh, wow, Kuwait. Yeah, that's, that's a long way to go. I know, and then the transportation alone for the horse, that, that must be exciting. Do you know anything about the transportation or how that works out with, you know, flying a horse so far away? Yeah, it's a lot of, air, obviously, air travel, but there are companies that specialize in that because thoroughbreds aren't the only horses that chip overseas there are you know show jumping horses and uh, other disciplines that do that and he actually asked me the same question about a company that he could that I could recommend to get him shipped <laughs> over so we'll, we'll get him keep taken care of so it should be pretty interesting I, I know I bet that horse is gonna be in for a one hell of a ride <laughs> so now that we have the sales tomorrow can you explain how those sales gonna be going for the two-year-old in training how does that work for the people so the two the two-year-olds have been trained to be ridden and to run. So we had timed workouts, which we call an under-tack show uh, last week over, and, and over the weekend. So every horse has a timed workout that the buyers can kind of analyze to see whether the horse will fit their bracing program and they can evaluate the speed and athleticism of that animal. And then when they'll come into the sale ring and we'll auction them off one by one. We got 563 horses catalog. Wow. So it's a, a long two days of selling. We'll start at 11 a.m. tomorrow on Tuesday and then also run uh, starting at 11 on Wednesday and we'll sell all those horses. So. 
Wow. So what's the percentage of the buybacks that you see that where you could consider a, that this, it was a successful sale? If we sell three quarters of the horses that come that go through the ring, that's considered a successful sale in our eyes. We want to make sure that, you know, if a horse doesn't meet its reserve, that the, the owner can maintain ownership of that horse if they didn't feel like it brought what, what they thought it should. But also our, our goal is to sell horses too. So if we if we sell, you know, 75% of the horses that come through the ring, that, that was a, that's a win for us. So that's a very good day. <laughs> so how does a reserve work for that? Because I've never been to any kind of auction, not even a car auction, especially not a horse auction before. So when you i seen this before where you have a horse or a car and it's you know whatever kind of auction where you have a reserve now how does that work for a buyer like what does that entail so the buyer has a rough idea of what they want their horse to bring so say that they want the horse to bring a hundred thousand dollars they can go in to our auctioneer and tell them hey i want i want to put a hundred thousand dollar reserve on this horse so if it doesn't re meet that price in the ring they'll maintain ownership but if it exceeds that price then they'll let the horse be sold on the open market oh, so okay. they were the, the owners work really closely with the consumer signers to kind of determine how many people have looked at the horse, how many people have looked at the x-rays, how you know how the horses, how many times people have seen it at the barn, and kind of put all that together to, to formulate an idea, a number in their head of what they think the horse is worth. So oh, yeah. a lot that goes into it. Sounds like it. Now, I, meant, I heard that you said mention x-rays. Now, what does the x-rays and the scoping do here? Like, is that something health-wise that we have to, that as a buyer, we need to see and all that kinds of stuff? Yeah, it's just to protect the buyer. They want to make sure that they're buying an animal who's going to be sound to race because that's the ultimate goal is to take the horse to the races. And, you know, they want to make sure that, the, that they're athletic and that they're sound and that they're healthy and that they'll be able to compete with other horses that are the similar age. So that's one of the things that we, we offer as a service for veterinarians and, and buyers to, to look at to make sure that they're getting what the horse is worth. Oh, yeah. hmm, that's, that's a good thing to know. Now... Also age. Now, since you mentioned earlier you have five sales throughout the year, what are the ages that they range from and what you know, kind of sales are they in specific besides the two in training? Yeah, so the three two-year-old in training sales, obviously they're all two years old. Our October sale is all yearlings, so they're all one-year-old. But the mixed sale is probably the most diverse in terms of age. We'll have foals that are sometimes born here on the ground, so they're less than a day old when they sell. And then we'll have horses that go up to, you know, 15 years old sometimes maybe older than that depending on Aww. if they're still breeding or racing so yeah that, that's the wide uh, age range in terms of the sales our January sale yeah all right now uh, one other question I think what is the most famous horse that OBS has ever had come through this you know come through its grounds yeah. go through the ring that you think mm -hmm. that, for you personally personally is probably silver charm he won the Kentucky Derby and when I was growing up he was it was really impressionable time for me to see that horse kind of be successful on the racetrack and to come out of the sale here at OBS is pretty special for us to claim him as a graduate and that's our goal is we want to sell popular horses but we also want to see them go on to do great things so when we can say that oh we sold the Kentucky Derby winner that's something that we we like to make sure people are aware of so that's pretty special for us <laughs> great thank you so much Wes that was a very interesting I hope you know OBS continues its success and all the buyers and sellers you know get what they need and want this is Gigi Rosado with the horse talk show thank you for watching